Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I am your host Trunk. I am joined by Mr. Raj Baines. Hello Raj, how are you doing mate? No, I'm not too bad yourself. Good, thank you very much sir. And also joining us is Mr. Sebastian Stafford-Bloor. How are you doing Steb? I'm doing well, thank you Jack. Thank you for asking. That's quite alright, that's quite alright. So uh, I, I take it all of our listeners have recovered after the what, about four hours we took of their life with the 100th episode? <laughs> it's pretty mate that well done on that intro it was a genuine surprise oh, when I, I love that, that. yeah me too me too that was, that was terrific it's all right i didn't know who everyone was though i knew most of them but there were a couple of um voices i didn't recognize everyone's either listened to or been on the show that was involved i mean there's a i wrote in the the show notes on the things that you click on when you're in the podcast player who's exactly on it but i should have in hindsight gone back and actually listed everyone that was on there afterwards um but um, I've never had Rob Brown so clearly. No, me neither. He's clearly invested in some new tech, hasn't he? It's because we were making fun of him, wasn't it? Beforehand, when he was on, not we were making fun of him in general. I just meant that last time he was on the pod, I was I was calling him Captain Calculator and all that shite because his <laughs> his microphone. It's, it, it genuinely it sounded like uh, sounds like yours, Seb. Yeah, My, I thought I thought I was clearer now. Slightly clearer, but you know, people still complain because they can't hear. Um, but the list in chronological order was uh, Flav, uh, Roberto Kasabi, uh, Rob Brown, Taylor from Taylor and Bestie, Sam Dis, uh, Sai from Sam Bali, Charlie Parrish, Alex Stewart, Gareth from Wise Men Say, Jack from Space Statman, Spooky, Connor Kelly, and Musa Okwonga was all of them. I quite like that everyone had a dig at you, Seb, because the brief I gave them was, look, we, I want to do an introduction, but I don't want it to sound as if, you know, we're bigging ourselves up or we've asked people to say nice things about us. So feel free to make it a bit tongue-in-cheek. And everyone took that to mean... Directed at me. Make a joke about well, Seb. Well, F- Flav was actually quite nice about... Yeah, Flav was, yeah, Flav was the, the only one that was nice about me. Well, I, I like that um, Sai from NSNO um, thought that there was a fourth member. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't get that either. Yeah, maybe. He, he probably just gets confused with all your posh accents. He thinks there's more of you than there is. <laughs> I didn't know as well that uh, they'd fuck their podcast off. It's a shame. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't do it. Literally the only one they come on anymore is ours, which I think is quite funny. They look. That's why they look forward to it, to it so much. Uh, they are good. I do like having those lights on. I really um, liked uh, Charlie Parrish's was very heartfelt. I felt like that. It was. He's a, he's he's a good player. He looks smashing in a in a pastel blue as well. I don't know if he he shared his wedding picture the other day. Um, I was going to say, have you birthday. been like creeping up to his windows at home? Well, that, but this is this is kind of the pretense with his like, Toby yeah. Alderweireld haircut as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, no, the Alderweireld haircut isn't a great haircut. Charlie's is better. Than the the, the Parish haircut is a good haircut. Oh, I was going to say it's it's not quite as extreme as Alderweireld. 
Yeah, Toby's, Toby's got the parish. That's what it is. But it's, 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 it's a footballer's version of it. It's a kind of, I earn this much money so that I can look this stupid. Um, he, he looks he looks like a bass player in a bad band, does yeah. all the world. Charlie's is respectable. Toby's is, yeah, tolerable. Yeah, if he wasn't as good as he was, we'd, uh, we'd get him out of the yeah. team for... One thing I don't really get, I mean, I understand that people are kind of very eager to criticise Eric Lamella where they can. Um, He's got but, a terrible haircut. Well, it's, it's just a mohawk, though. I don't it's see not, why it's... It, it, it's uh, like a 80-degree angle. Eh, it's just a mohawk. So no, I don't it, see it as like... It's, like when you it's not like Ren- Fat Ronaldo's when he had that little kind of... You that know, was weird. That the kind of murkin on the front of his head, you know? You know was... when you go to like a rural place in France <laughs> or Spain and you see teenagers there that all have terrible haircuts and colours in their hair and dress appallingly because there's never been any subcultures in those countries. That's what Eric Lamella's haircut looks like. He's, he's someone who has never... It's quite strange because it's quite a niche haircut and yet he's never he's had it for three years now. Well, he's had it, he had it at Roma as well, so he doesn't ever do any like I'm half expecting him to, to you know to shave it properly once or you know dye the mohawk blonde or just change it up, Eric. Perhaps it's a thing with Argentinian youth because Rojo has a very similar similar do as well. Mm, mm. Rojo is also the most tattooed man in in football. No, Daniel Aga has has tons more. Daniel Agger is quite ridiculous. Actually, yeah, Agger is quite. Doesn't uh, isn't Daniel Agger a quite and Raul Morales? I think Raul Morales might actually take the biscuit because he's, he's got, also got the mohawk. He's got all the legs. He definitely Does reads he? Vice and four pins. <laughs> um, right, so we played well last time. We did play. We played Arsenal. I, I guess. don't enjoy this football thing. Why, why it's, are we doing it's, this? Then? It's kind of old, isn't it? The Arsenal game, but. It was good. The old, I thought you were going to say the football thing's a bit old now. We've moved well, the on. football the football thing is a bit old, really, isn't it? I think it was so fun doing the hundredth episode last week, just not having to bother even talking about it. And that's what the next season of Roller is going to be: no football whatsoever. Just every week a new three and a half hour special. Tinder updates from Seb. Yep. I think that's a perfect segue, Seb. Tell us how it's going. No, that's not perfect segue at all. That's just that's a contrived redirection, <laughs> Seb. Stop trying to swipe left on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's not going at all. I haven't really, I haven't really gone onto it in the last, um, in the last week. Why have you been busy? I have been quite busy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll leave that there, just because we know your mother's listening. Yeah. Well, we know we everyone else knows what busy means. If you watch the in between us and you've seen that bit where Jay keeps saying business. That's uh, <laughs> that's what that's what that's what Seb means by busy. Right, move on. Arsenal. Let's talk about. Do Arsenal. you have any hot takes, lads, from Arsenal? Other than just being incredibly proud, not really. I can't remember the game anymore. You know what? I I, I still have it on my um. I recorded it uh, on my Sky Plus so that I could rewatch it if necessary. Um, Is that what you've I, been spending your afternoon doing? Yeah, we're just the first half. That's that's what that's what you meant by busy. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I thought it was great. I know, I know, we didn't win and we didn't quite finish it off. But I just thought, God, to to. So we played them off the park. I know they had chances, and you know, Jury's could have just scored 
two or three probably. Yeah, the, the worst part about our game was the fact that we could not defend set pieces. Which was weird given how we've defended all season. But... No, we're, we've the most goals conceded in the league is us at set pieces. Seriously? Really? Yeah, we're, we're the worst at defending set pieces and I think it came to a head against... Uh... I can't remember which games we've conceded set pieces in though. Enough of them to be the top of conceded. Oh, but, uh, okay, which... Not Man United, not Stoke, not... Um... We did from did we not from Stoke? Not Leicester. I thought was, one was like a whipped in free kick and a header. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're quite right. One of them, one, one was against Stoke. But then um, either I've just, uh, oh, I suppose Harry Kane's goal against Swansea came from a corner, didn't oh, it? Christ, yeah, that slice nightmare. Um, that is one of the worst own goals I've ever seen. It's um. The, I'm, not, was, I'm not using that as a stick to beat Harry Kane or anything. No, it was, like, it was the same. One, it'll never beat Steve Malbronk against Sevilla at home. Oh, oh God! Yeah. Have you have you ever seen um, uh, what was that Australian defender who used to play for Crystal Palace called um, Tony Popovich? Have, you, have you ever seen his own goal? No. All right, Rog, you 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 Google that. It's spectacular. Easily the best. I've, apart from Jamie Pollock's, it's the best I've seen. Is Jamie Pollock the one that kicks the ball in his own face? Yeah, he he. There, there's a couple that are really famous. Like Jamie Pollock kicks the ball in his own face. Wayne Hatswell, who was like a, a League Two player or a conference player, um, controlled the ball inside his own six-yard box, took a touch, and inexplicably <laughs> spanked it into the top corner. That, that's the one to Google. That, that's a tremendous own goal. I'll, I'll tweet that out later. We're proper off, the, proper off the track. I mean, did anything stand out for you about Arsenal at all, Raj? Just the fact that we played them off the park for 75 minutes. We were absolutely fantastic. I think there was a... Just a, it was a sort of culmination of of everything we'd been doing had, had been put into that. The fact that you know, Sky mentioned about ten times that Arsenal had played two games that week. Oh, and- what a goal, Steli Ali! Sorry, sorry, I've ruined that. But oh my god, it's worth it when it comes up. I'll watch a vine of it in a minute. Oh my god, What's really? Twenty five yards, top corner past Larice, England. Starting England debut. That is fucking phenomenal. Andros Townsend scored a screamer on his debut, didn't he? Oh, this is better. This is absolutely in the top corner. He's a decent player, that Deli Ali. Have you guys seen this yet? No. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, blimey. I feel like I'm missing out. What a hit. Wow. Fucking hell, that's an incredible goal. What a way to score your... Fucking hell. That's like something Glenn Hoddle would do. That lad's a player. He oh, really is. Deli Ali. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it deflects in off Koscielny as well. Terrific. I think, okay. I, I, I don't know about you guys, I think what really stood out for me um, with the Arsenal game is just... <laughs> are, you, are you trying to rescue this? <laughs> how composed we looked throughout the game. We've seen us go to the Emirates however many times in the past and we've gotten positive results there. And, you know, not so many positive results there. But I don't think we've ever looked as kind of just cocksure as we did this time. Yeah. We weren't afraid, were we? I mean, we just, I mean, I think when, even when um, in, in the past, when we've had, like, when we've scored or we've gone ahead, there's always been that kind of thought that, all right, something bad is going to about to happen immediately. But we just, we, I mean, I know we didn't get the second goal, but we just... We, we just seem to get stronger. I know that, um, and we missed some good chances. Alderweireld had that header, but we just, 
we didn't go into our shell. We didn't really. Arsenal forced us back at one point, but we didn't sort of voluntarily retreat behind the ball. Um, and that was really encouraging. It was really good to see. Eric Dyer and Deli Alley, the man of the hour at the moment, looking yeah. imperious in the middle as well. I just, um, I don't know. Everything was good though, wasn't it? It was, it was kind of. It wasn't one of those where you know we 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 stole a goal against the run of play, or you know we. Um, we took advantage of Arsenal just being bad. I know Arsenal were quite underwhelming, but I just, we bullied them. And, I, you know, when, when you see that, you almost don't really care about the end result. It's just so satisfying to see like, our players express themselves at that ground. Yeah, Eric shame. Lamella was exceptional. He um, was. He told the line uh, with his yellow card. We actually lost a bit when he went off um, because they seemed to, Arsenal wanted to come forward a little bit more because he wasn't there to kick them. <laughs> so, Hatchet man. Yeah, he was, he's brilliant. I, uh, I adored that performance. Um, cause it was, it was almost as if he understood the, the occasion and played that way. The, the whole team did really. I mean, the goal was great. I mean, uh, Danny Rose's ball was fantastic, but it was, it was made to look better by the appalling defending. Uh, Harry Kane's finish was, was wonderful. I don't get, uh, from having watched it, the, the, you know, live and afterwards, there was a, quite a lot of talk that it, he'd bobbled it or he'd, you know, it wasn't, purposeful or something. I know Petacek went the wrong way, but I thought it was a really clever finish and there's been some talk that it wasn't as good as it appeared, which I don't think is the case personally. Um, but it's really interesting. I think I'll tell you what else we've got to talk about is we've got to talk about the uh, the Andros Townsend situation with his, his, his uh, yeah. him pushing the, the fitness coach and then, <laughs> you know, Pochettino coming out and murdering him in the... Uh, do either of you really have a problem with that, though? I mean, the, the Pochettino aspect. Because I, I was absolutely fine with him. No, I think he's he well within his rights. Kind of one of those situations where, like, because the team is performing so well and because those performances rely so much on a kind of base level of discipline throughout the squad, he had no choice but to do that. You can't... I mean, Andros Townsend seemed like a good boy. He seems like a relatively good professional, and it did seem out of character. But then... You can't have, as a manager, you can't have a player step off the reservation like that and kind of threaten everything that the group is working towards. It's a shame, isn't it? I think we, we you get the impression as well now that Pochettino definitely isn't the type of guy that shoots from the hip either. You know, no, Every, no, everything quite. he does is very carefully considered, and you can tell for him to come out and make a point like that about Andrew Townsend. He he obviously does hold these kind of values about discipline and the team unit and such you know he holds them in very high regard and you can't really imagine our team unit kind of operating as effectively as it does now were he to allow things like that you know any cracks like that to surface so i guess exactly it's- yeah exactly i um I, I i just um i don't know the worst case scenario is probably that andros townsend i can't believe that he won't be given another chance to because supposedly after it happened he was very apologetic and he apologized um uh, to what's the Nathan something what's the fitness coach's name I can't remember Nathan Gardner I want to say something uh, like that yeah anyway well he apologised to him and he apologised to to um, Pochettino and you know was full of contrition supposedly so I'm sure he'll be given another chance but I, I you know even from the player's perspective and wasn't there rumours though that he was an, uh, annoyed that it had come out publicly Possibly, but then Pochettino you know, came out and said that if that's the case, there's there's photos of it. He wants it once there's been photos. That's the of thing. It's on the back page of the of the of the national press, though, wasn't it? 
um, or at least on the BBC website. I remember seeing that on my way home, and um, it's you know it it it's sad, but then it's really his fault. Um, if you want to, if you want to have a bust up with one, with a with sort of an internal member of the internal staff, then then do it in training, not you know on a Premier League pitch on a match day. Um, so yeah, fuck. Um, he, do you reckon he'll be? Do you think he's gone though? Probably January. You know what? Me and Seb did that podcast on our own that day. And um, Seb had said that he reckoned Townsend was off in January, and I sort of laughed it off because I said we we needed the um, the squad depth, and then that happened, and I thought, you know what, he could be right here. I I don't know. I mean, I because given the Yaros are going to be there as well, he, he wants to play. He'll want to go there desperately, especially seeing so many of the other lads, you know, breaking into the squad. Delia Lee's a shoe in now. Yeah. If he carries on playing the way he is, doesn't get injured and doesn't drop off. He's he's walked into that squad. Um, well, I I think that's why I have a certain amount of sympathy for Townsend because he, he probably he sat on the bench, you know, waiting to to, to get a chance in that Villa game, and uh, he didn't get one. And with each game that happens, with with each game in which he doesn't participate, he sees his sort of window of opportunity get slightly narrow. They're an appropriate way of um, of, of expressing that frustration. Yeah. yeah, of course, absolutely. And he was in the wrong. I just. It's one of those where it had to happen, but it's regrettable. And I don't, you know, I don't, there's no point in sort of holding anyone, uh, holding anything against Andros Townsend because it's kind of, there's a pretty human reaction. But, um, but why know, was he pushing that block? What did the I block don't know. Um, there's, one no, there's been no real explanation of why exactly he was being so aggressive towards him. No, I don't know. Maybe it was sort of something about his attitude during the warm down. I don't know. Maybe Andros was being a bit surly or. It's kind of it's it's kind of incidental though, isn't it? It happened, and it's a sort of you know we spent the entire summer trying to get rid of characters who threaten the squad's integrity, um, and who sort of threaten the, the collective um, interest. And so, when something like that happens, you have no choice but to stamp down on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, necessary, necessary evil. What about West Ham? Sam just has let us down. I, I did reach out to Danny Dyer earlier, but. Uh... To no avail. We're still waiting back on that one, though. Maybe, you know, in the, in the, in the last 20 minutes, we'll get that call. Oh, it would have been so good if we got Danny Dyer on there. I loved it. I would, I would have liked to have just had you interview Danny Dyer, Seb. <laughs> He'd have loved me. You might, well, football's a great leveller, isn't it? So, you know. It is, it is, yeah. Um, it's... Um, have, you, have you guys seen the World's Deadliest Men series? I haven't. I saw clips of it when it used to be on Bravo, and I remember the uh, the Football Factories one he did. Real Football Factories. It was just... I, th- I, th- I think my favourite role I've seen him in is, uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but in Human Traffic. That's a formative years film, that. Oh, I said! Yeah, and everything. <laughs> Nice one, brother! What a film. Have you seen that, Raj? No, and given by your you know, example of the dialogue, I think I'll be giving oh, it a swerve. Mate. No, 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 you've got to see it. I've seen, uh, I seen Football Factory. Football Factory is one of the oddest films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's not in football. It's, it's, be- it's a class above Football Factory. N- Nick Love can't make films. Hmm. Um, Nick Love probably votes BMP though, mate. Yeah, but he's got that thing about him where he thinks he's, you know, early 
what's he called, Guy Ritchie, and he's not. And the the weird point of that film, like I thought it was going to have like a weird turn towards the end where he was like, oh, was it all worth it? And he goes, yeah, of course it was. And I was like, oh, what, what is the point of this film? Yeah. It's a parody. It's terrible. There's that... that <laughs> I quite like the whole you mugging me off bit. That's that's quite good. <laughs> Hold your hand out, you know. Yeah. You mugging me off in front. Of the, the bit where he's doing the that there's really things that shouldn't be funny in that film that are like when one of them gets kicked out of the firm, the what is he called? Tony, the big guy. Yeah. Um, where he's doing the lawnmower really angrily. It's like how how am I supposed to fear this man when he's just ragging a floor fly mower around his back garden? See you, you cunt. I'll catch you first. I like that bit. It's quite good. That's it? the film where the um the the they, they argue across the uh, across the touchlines of a kids game, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's just what's the the other one? The um the one with Elijah Wood. Called? Green Street. That's that, even worse. Yeah, that's, that's much appalling. worse. The central conceit that they all dislike journalists, where it's never explained why. It's bizarre. Yeah. The it's, fact that the main guy, who's actually British, has an atrocious Cockney accent. Atrocious. On, the guy that's in like uh, what Sons is it? Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. 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 He was in Queer as Folk, wasn't he? That's kind of where he. What's that actor's name? Charlie Hunnam. That's it. Yeah. Um. No, I never saw Queer as Folk. Yeah, he was going to be the original uh, Fifty Shades guy, but he pulled out. Just so really? to speak. <laughs> I didn't even think of the uh, the the pun there. I'm surprised no a paper had to go with that, didn't they? I just the the thing is about about Green Street is when you see um when you see the ruck sequences when it when it kicks off like there's no rugby in it, Matt. Hey, um, we we just been we've been um, chastised on Twitter for talking about rugby. You fucking have, and rightly yeah, so, and rightly so. There's a scene where they they go up to play Man United, and and it's sort of built out to be this huge showdown between two firms, and then they I think they they're going up to like. Stevenage Station or whatever, some, somewhere <laughs> no close, somewhere up north, and there's like six Man United fans outside the stadium. It's like these fat middle-aged blokes. It's just sort of, it's just, it's just, yeah, an unwitting parody of itself. It's awful. Um, we talking about West Ham, yeah, we're West Ham, Green Street. Yeah, it all makes it's all in the same kind of shit, all the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's um, there's also there's also a Green Street too where apparently and I haven't seen it. But oh, is, is that the one where he's in a prison? One of the, like one of the B characters from that film. Yeah, they're in they're, in, they're in prison and and supposedly somehow there's a, a game organised organised between yeah well two sets of of rival supporters and the winner wins their freedom. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, it's straight to DVD though. It's not a proper. I haven't. Film. It's it's on the it's on the to watch list, but I haven't actually. I haven't no, I've actually never seen watched it. that. Never watched. You've got. I think there's a third one as well, isn't there? It's called like Green really? Street. Hold your ground. Or no, something. that's the second one. <laughs> that's the second one. I think is hold your ground. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Love Jesus it. Christ. There was another one. There was um, Rise of the Foot Soldier. Yeah, that, but that was about like the Essex Boys that and wasn't all about. that. There's been so many fucking films about the Essex Boys, I swear. Yeah. Well, I can think of two Essex <laughs> Boys and Rise of the Foot Soldiers, but, you know, I digress. Um, West Ham. I, I could probably handle West Ham not being as good as they are at the moment before they move into a massive stadium. Yeah. I think they're the next Manchester City. Well, they probably are, aren't they? You know? I wrote about it um, for a piece that's coming out tomorrow that I think they're... Where can we read that one, Raj? On the internet. Um, I, yeah, think they're gonna be, I think they're going to be primed to, uh, to, to do that. Well, look at it. They have some sort of international appeal, don't they? They've got a big brand new stadium. But they don't need any international access. appeal. They just need a stadium, a half-decent half decent infrastructure and a squad that's not going to get relegated straight away. And then they need what? two or three windows to spend 200 million in each time. And, uh, you know, you've got a squad that's going to start competing a lot better than it was before. Mm. But the exact other examples I gave is the fact that, you know, this has been promised before at clubs like Blackburn with the Indian chicken people, um, Venkis, uh, Queens Park Rangers uh, tried to walk, but, you know, you know, walk before they could run before they could walk. Sorry. Randy Lerner kind of promises. Yeah, Villa. Randy Lerner got bored at Villa. That's in there, and there's so many failed ones that you sort of yeah. to get to to get to you know Manchester City. You've got to you've got to financially do up in the best possible way, um, which is you know you know, there's cheating, but you've got to cheat properly. Um, and there's you know so many tales of of them going wrong that it's uh, you know even that you, you've got to be careful of who takes over your club as well because you could get a Cellino or a Carson Young or Taksin Shinawatra if you're not mm. careful or even a Venkis um, people who just don't know what they're doing and, and essentially think that they can they can all they can do is buy their way to success when you need a, a certain level of infrastructure to funnel that success through which is, I don't think is fully understood by some people. I like what West Ham have done this season, though. I think they've bought really well. I mean, I, I think our, our saving grace for Sunday is that Pai is been... injured. Yeah, because I, I, my, my theory on West Ham is that away from home, um, they're not entirely reliant on him, but when they... I, I expect they'll come to White Hart Lane and they'll set up behind the ball, but they what they've become really good at under Bilic is counter-attacking and counter-attacking through Payet. So both at um, the Emirates um, and against Liverpool at Anfield, they would you know soak up pressure and then break up the field with you know not just hammering ball into the channels and chasing them down and, and forcing mistakes, but by playing their way out of defence and up through the middle of the pitch. Without Payet, they don't. I mean, they've got talented players. Lanzini's looks pretty gifted, um, and Zarate is obviously a good player, but they don't have that replacement um, sort of central player to, to do what Pyatt does. Um, so I think they might find it a little bit difficult to um, to relieve the pressure that we hopefully put them under. 
Um, Pyatt's been fucking ridiculous this season, hasn't oh, he? Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's a lovely player to watch as well. So it's kind of, other than this weekend, I'm kind of sad that he's gone for the next three months. Um, he's been, um, yeah, it's kind of, he's one of those players actually that really put into perspective the kind of the fees that, I know it's a really old point, but the, the fees that get paid for um, the British players in the sense of, you know, eight million last year bought Hull City, Jake Livermore. And then for just over, I think it was just over 10 million, West Ham got Pyatt this time around. Eight million in the past has been enough for Robert Snodgrass, Tom Huddleston, you know, Robbie Brady, I think was bought for that amount of money. And yet, you know, you go abroad and you take a risk on a, you know, someone like Pyatt, who wasn't exactly a, an unknown quantity at Marseille. He only had a season or two left on his contract, though, didn't he? He did, but then, you know, it's just, that's the value of shopping smartly. Um, you know, and I, I find it hard to believe that kind of negotiating, Hull City negotiating for, um, for for Jake Livermore was the most sort of taxing conversation anyone's had with, with Daniel Levy. And yet still, you know, it's, it's that easy to get that amount of money for someone like that, which is amazing. It really is. He could um, get blood from a stone though, that man. Daniel Levy. Yeah. Yes. What are you what, cheering what? about? I've just got to go along FIFA. Who are you playing as? Tottenham. Who are you playing against? Uh, Liverpool at home. I've just gone 4-3 up. Are you doing career mode? Yeah. Does it still have that irritating tick of just deciding you're going to lose a game? Like the opposition players become impossible to tackle and such? Um, not when I'm playing. It does when you're playing me. Ah. Yeah, that's because you're some weird FIFA hustler. <laughs> no, I just learnt all the buttons, practised... And beat you. But you've got this ridiculous knack in defensive. Like, I literally have no time on the ball whatsoever, and I don't understand how you do it. Yeah, it's because I, I, I play in a Pochettino style of... I have a Pochettino approach. You've got a cheat code. No, I work hard off the ball. You That's know what it reminds me of? I concentrate remember that, remember and I work that episode hard. of The Simpsons when Bart and Homer play the fighting game? <laughs> and Bart, yeah. like, rips his head off and... Um, he gets really mad, um, does Homer, and then he, he goes away and learns about the game and what to do and comes back and smashes him. Yeah. That's uh that's you and I's that that's how it works. I'm just I'm just a gifted FIFA player, I think. I um it's just what I I think I think might be you know, my primary skill is just sort of laid unused all these years. I think you should get um rugby league live and we'll see what happens. You, you haven't really sold it to me, Rugby League Live. You just, you, you know, you, you kind of, you've lobbied against me buying it, really. That's because you have games that you don't play, and I just don't want you to yeah, start I just wasting don't, I don't, like, I don't, this, we, we talked about this, there's just too many, like, there's too much of a supernatural theme to The Last of Us. It's not, it's fine, I just don't, don't enjoy it. And it makes me feel sick when I play it as well. I don't like the motion on the television. Whatever. Do you reckon we're going to, we should, I would hope that we're going to beat West Ham, wouldn't you, lads? At home? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll be, um, I mean, I, I'm interested because Eric Lamella is suspended. Um, so Son will play. Son will play, but then Son didn't look particularly fit against Arsenal. Um, he, yeah, but he's played. got some international minutes under his belt now and um, he, sm- he scored a goal the other day as well. I'm not sure exactly who they were playing because they never really played great. They were playing, opponent. yeah. They, they, I mean, they were playing against a sort of a um, another Asian team, I think. But the, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't, 
I don't see international football as that much of a preparation for, for domestic. Do you know, I, I didn't think I'd hear myself saying this, but I, I suddenly worry about Andy Carroll now that we've had this set-piece yeah. revelation. That, you know, that's, that's a great point, because I, 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 um, it, it's exactly what I thought of when I, I saw like, Olivier Giroud, who's okay in the air, but he's not Andy Carroll, is he? Um, so if, if West Ham can get a supply, I suppose... The, Say the, Christ, the, that is a scathing review of Olivier Giroud there. <laughs> we got, no, but we I'm just, got, I mean, Giroud's the better right. player, but like... We survived yeah. Rudy Gustav. Marginally. We, we did survive Rudy Gustav just about. And all he does is head the ball, like literally he has no feet. He doesn't use his feet, does he? But then No, it's not that he doesn't use them, he has none. He doesn't. <laughs> he walks on stumps. <laughs> I, I suppose, with, with Rudy Carroll though, like... The other benefit of Pyatt being out is that West Ham don't have the same level of set-piece delivery, um, which is good news um, because, I don't know, I, I think it was, um, I don't know who it was, I was listening to The Fighting Cock earlier. And, um, what were you doing that for? Oh, I was just feeling time, mate. I, just, I was exploring podcasts I'd never heard of before, you know. <laughs> Flav was nice to you. He was, uh, Flav was nice to me. Yeah, no, sorry, Flav, I didn't mean that. Um, but it was, um, he doesn't listen, does he? Um, of course he doesn't. But, uh, he does. I was on the phone to him the other day about a work thing, and he does. Oh, it's, it was, it's all... Um, that or he was just being polite on the phone. It's all posturing, yeah. Um, oh my God, Wayne Rooney scored a goal for England. Oh, will you stop with the score updates, dickhead, and just finish your sentence? All right, so basically the point was <laughs> is that, like, although we've defended quite well... You're abrasive, Tosser. You're playing fucking FIFA while we're recording this. <laughs> I can still don't talk. Fu- don't lecture me. You I can't. can still talk. You, you, I'm not giving you an update, am I? Every no, time well, I when, Jack, when Jack asked you, do you think we'll beat West Ham home, you're like, yeah, probably. Yeah, that, that was your sole contribution to this. That was... Yes, probably we will. Lads, what's better, rugby union or rugby league? <laughs> <laughs> it's not... <laughs> So You're a fire starter, hussy. We don't want to have a conversation that ends in me panting over the top of Seb's metaphorical body after I've killed both him and his sport. Christ, where is this going? This, this. And I was going to say, the sound of thought of you dark. panting over Seb's body. <laughs> no, not it's that, the second that time was... you've kind of revealed a slightly sociopathic yeah. side to yourself. American Raj. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing stopping me from going on a killing spree is not having readily available access to firearms. I think that was me sort of being... Um, Truthful. That I, was was do, I was doing uh, bad... Um, bad... Uh, what do you call it? Um, I can't even remember the word. Vile bants. No. Um, <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> um, what's the word? Um, you you used to have a website that did it, Jack. Satire. Satire, yeah. Um, I've still got it. I just never write anymore because I don't have time. Yeah. Um, uh. Satire about... Um, about American gun culture, which I'm sure endeared me to the country even more than usual. That was the thing, because you'd artfully juggled the grenade I tossed you, and then you went even deeper with a comment about because America doesn't like being critiqued about it. So. It's all right. I didn't go full Ben Carson, so it was all right. <laughs> Can um, you imagine if he becomes president? Jesus. Mate, there's, he, there's a whole load of them, mate. Me. Imagine, if, imagine if Trump became president. No, but Trump's just stupid. He wants to build a wall. Ben Carson's genuinely dangerous. The man's intelligent. He's a brain surgeon. Mm. And he's come out of some fucking home dingers, though. So he's 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 scary, is that man? He's got like photos of himself in his house with Jesus, like paintings of him and Jesus. Does he really? 
Yeah, he's. Christ, uh, that's a notch up from Brendan Rodgers, isn't it? That is. That he's, is. He's naughty as fuck. That's quite frightening. Uh, it, genuinely, I'm. It, uh, he makes like Farage and Nick Griffin look <laughs> slightly more palatable when you see the sort of the, some of the things he comes out with. You know that whole. Um, there wouldn't be as many shootings in schools if the teachers all had guns. Was that him? Because I remember that, yeah. that, was, that was the solution. To, yeah, right, okay. If uh, if teachers had guns, I would be dead by now, the way I used to take the mick out of mine. I remember there was one teacher who had a go at me once, and I sort of went to him, are you all right, sir? Have you, is there problems at home? And he was like, what are you saying? I was like, if you like, has your mum told you off or something? Because you live in a basement. And he, and he got he sent me out of the room. But that's the way I used to. Not too surprising, that, mate, really. Yeah, I was no, nasty. I, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was a horrible kid at school. I used to. We um, we once got banned from doing um, from doing science um, experimentals. What are they called? Science um, experiments. Experiments. That's one. Not experimentals. <laughs> science Jesus. experimentals. That's an awful use of language, isn't it? <laughs> um, we um, well, I'm not, I'm not going to make myself sound any cleverer now after I tell you this. Have you been the on mask. the source today, Baines? Under the mask, no. there's, a, there's an illiterate, nasty, dark Raj. Just, yeah, yeah a gun-loving I, maniac. Uh, <laughs> um, we we tied um, Bunsen burners to the end of meter sticks and fired them at each other. <laughs> um, like, properly, like, trying to set each other's jumpers on fire and stuff. And we got, we got banned from doing experiments for a term, I think. Um which, you know, was understandable looking back on it now. I threw a cheese and pickle sandwich at my physics teacher's head once <laughs> at school. And it was one of those brilliant situations where I did it and everyone, because he was writing on the board. It's called I'm Mr. Mowbray. He was quite a terrorised man in, in retrospect, and I was just being a shit, really. But I hit it. I, I unwrapped it from the cellophane as well, launched it, hit him, and there was just bits of grated cheese and chunks oh, of pickle gosh. flying everywhere. Um, did everyone did grass you in or did No, you? no one grassed me in. No one grassed me in. Um, so did everyone get in trouble? Yeah, but they all went down with me, which was good. It was solidarity, that's, that's good. That's, that's good. We um we once did similar, which was we once arrived in form before our form teacher did, uh, Mr. Bov, and um, it used to be James Milner's form tutor as well, but I'm not sure he did this to him. Um, we we took the keys out of his laptop and swapped him around. So when he was writing on the board, he didn't know why his laptop wasn't working. And I've never seen a man get angrier because we were like the first ones. I was like, "Oh, sir, do you want to let us have a look at your have a look at your thing, see if we can." So oh, we were good with computers and that. He was like, oh yeah, cheers lads. And he was like really earnestly like saying, oh, thank you for helping. I'm really not sure what's wrong. I think I might have clicked something. And he, and we were like, oh, do you want to just go and get IT support and we'll try and sort it out? And he was like, oh yeah, that'll be, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, in that time, we obviously swapped the keys back to their proper position. <laughs> and he looked like such an idiot because IT support came in and started writing. They were like, oh no, it works fine. And he sort of like he was—he he never worked it out, and it was one of the the best breakdowns I've ever seen of a man just not knowing what was going on. Um, but yeah, kids are horrible. I think I think one of my favourite stories from school, one of my favourite memories, we used to have this old maths teacher who's actually uh, just learnt not long ago. He sadly passed away now, actually, called Mister Elsden. But he was—he—he uh, he looked a bit like Brian Blessed. He was like this big, you know, he had a big, huge frame and a massive, great bushy beard. But he actually used to talk like that. He used to talk like like you would imagine a maths teacher would talk. He was very, very awkward. And you could tell he was one of those teachers that the other teachers probably didn't like as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you'd see he just he just used to get terrorised all the time. He'd be chasing along kids. He was the kind of teacher who'd be chasing kids down the corridor 
and we'll be screaming like, get back here, get back here. And they'd just be like, fuck off, wanker. You know, that sort of teacher had commanded zero respect. He was still this big, imposing guy. Um, but yeah, so he just used to be, you know, roundly abused, basically, by kids all across the school. Until this one day, he... Oh, he snapped. Oh, mate, he became like the hero. So... In the playground, there was like, you know, one of, you know, in every school, you've got like your bad lads, your dodgy kids kind of thing. Yeah. One of these dodgy kids in school had obviously done something outside of school because a bigger boy from outside of school came. Like it was probably to us when we were probably what, like year nine or so. This guy was probably about 18, but still it was enough of a gap where this guy was like a man and he was dodgy and he'd come into the playground during a school day. So, and that was, that's a big fucking deal back then, right? And he'd come yeah, to yeah. sort of attack this kid to, to do him. <laughs> and Mr. Elsden came like marching out into the playground and basically told this kid to, to Scarpa. And this kid obviously, you know, just didn't give a shit and started squaring up to this Mr. Elsden. And everyone was kind of like pissing themselves at Mr. Elsden, like, ah, Elsden's going to get sparked, all this kind of thing, waiting for this to happen. And this sort of, this sort of scuffle started where Elsden started kind of like basically trying to like physically push this guy out of the, 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 the playground. And this guy sort of gave Mr. Elsden like a little headbutt. At which point it was just a, a, a guttural primal reaction. Elsden straight up pushes this kid back and just fucking landed one right on him, just smacked him straight Whoa. in the face in front of all these kids. Because you can see his boat just nutted him in the face. It was just a, an instinct, a reaction thing. And in, like such as the nature of kids and such as the nature of mob yeah, mentality, right. straight away everyone was like, Elston, 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 and this like this fucking dodgy kid that's coming to school, like ran out holding his face, ran out of the playground, and everyone's just like patting Mr. Elston on the back, like cheering, just shouting, Elston, Elston, and then he was just like, all right, yes, enough, and just kind of walked back inside awkwardly. And that was it. Mr. Elston was king for a day. Bad man. There was um, there was one where Mr. Butler, the art teacher, was about ninety, and he looked <laughs> about ninety as well, right, and um. Uh, we were just leaving the assembly and there was a kid in the year below who didn't get on with one of my mates and we are just having a chat. And you know that thing where you do, where you walk past someone and you rub shoulders? Um, only he gave him a proper big shove. So my mate turned round and swung for him and a proper scrap started. And because it was in a narrow corridor and assembly had just finished, everyone was everywhere. And it was like, it was a proper mass fight um like everyone surrounded the, these two and there was nowhere for either of them either of them to escape so there was just proper swinging wildly and mr butler toddles in and forces his way into the center to uh <laughs> to try and get in the middle of this fight and uh, my mate throws this punch at the lad and the lad manages to duck it and it goes square into mr oh. butler's face and i've never seen a man sort of like he didn't fall backwards but he sort of staggered backwards and you could just see his face start to get red straight away and like my mate was like he was half apologizing to the teacher while still swinging <laughs> for the lad it was one of the strangest things i've ever seen in my life and like mr butler comes in the next day with one of the biggest bruises on his face you've ever seen in your life it was just if it, if it weren't so bad it would have been funny but because it was this really frail old art teacher who essentially got lamped. He looked like, you know, the um, the main scientist guy in Futurama? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. My, that's, that's genuinely what Mr. Butler looked like. And um, 
and he cut and he copped the hardest punch and that was back when we used to be scallies so me mate had like a really cheap gold sovereign ring on and like that had landed connected what do you in mean the punch when you were yeah, that's a point. Dan, you experimenting and all that. Yeah, experimenting and all that. Yeah. Um, do you, like talking of scally days? Um, I never did this because I was I was I wasn't this big enough of a scally. But we used to see lads used to do this thing, and it now seems fairly homoerotic. But it used to be like when they first started experimenting with fags and that they'd take a drag and then they'd put a straw in their mouth and then hold the smoke in the straw and then somebody else would take the straw and smoke that. That was a weird thing that went with around cigarettes, school not for a while. Weed. Yeah, we, this was before they graduated to, to weed, I think. So they're just, they're just, um, they're just when, misappropriating when they weed. a weed culture there, mate. That's all it is. Because um, they started making like... Um, like bongs out of bottles of water like two litre bottle yeah. of water go to the corner shop and rob one of those and then make a bong out of that and like draw an entire bifter into a bottle of that and then hit the whole thing at once and just watch them stagger around dizzy for five minutes afterwards as they take a hit that's far too big for their 13 year old frame <laughs> those are the days mate. those are the days yeah that's a, a an insight into uh into lead school in there Remember, one of our, our old school canteen had to be closed because they found asbestos in the roof, which was uh, just reassuring. Character building asbestos. Should I tell you the darkest thing that ever happened at our high school was they once hired this RT, IT teacher who um, we didn't find out, but somebody Googled him in IT because he'd obviously just arrived. And when you sat in, that was back in the days when not everyone had a you know a computer in the pocket. Essentially, they had you know. A, Samsung flip phones were the best we had, sending each other bad grime over Bluetooth. <laughs> and um, so somebody Googled him in one of the older ages and found out that he was, he once went on a, you can probably Google this to this day and find out who, what his name was because I can't remember it, but he went on a school trip to France and um, this girl wandered off or walked off or something and he was the teacher that was in charge and she died oh, Jesus. in the sea. Yeah, but we he, we were the school straight after he'd been hired, and obviously somebody found this news story. So every time you'd walk past his room, people would go, "Oh Hurray. God, no!" And like, oh, you'd do it, kids you'd do are it, evil. Like, behind his back, in like, he only lasted at school a week. I think he might have given it up after this, but like, he turned his back in a lesson, and I genuinely, I'd never seen anything spread around school fast enough. Like every time he turned his back in lesson, somebody would go, "Murderer!" Oh, they turn around and go, oh, shout at that, and then somebody from behind him further would shout it, and he'd walk down the corridor, and people would like, as as they like whispered it, they'd be like a murderer, murderer. That's so and that, nasty. that went on for a week until until he got bullied out of the school. It's it's fairly sketchy as to what his involvement was with the young girl that was walking alone on a French beach on a school trip. Um, nobody's ever really got to the bottom of that. I'm not sure he was ever charged with anything, but uh, she she'd essentially the the most that could be sort of is definite is that she died on his watch, and um, obviously being horrible little kids, um, he was he was not allowed to forget that when he got right. his new job. You got any school tales you care to? To share Seb whilst we're on on this weird tangent at the moment. I had a well, there a few teachers who were kind of. I mean, there's quite a lot of give and take between students and teachers at school, and and it was in a business you know, way. In just a sort of, it wasn't it wasn't frowned upon for that sort of you know for there to be a bit of back and forward. But I remember there was one teacher who 
to this day, I, I still can't believe um, they let him teach anyone um, because he, he had the worst temper I've ever seen in anybody. I, um, he would, do you remember, this might have been before your time, Raj, but Jack, do you remember the, um, the old overhead projectors? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the big chunky ones. We used to use them all the time. Man, I grew up in the North. You've got to remember, we were 20 years oh, behind okay. in technology. Right. Well, the, so that's what, we used to crack them out for school singing and assembly when we used to do, like, Quartermaster's yeah, Store. Yeah, they're the, the ones. Which, well, this, this guy used to check The iPods those. just launched in Wakefield, mate. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've just got steam trains <laughs> in Wakey. This, um, this guy used to chuck those at us. Um, there was, um, I remember he, he, he taught me Latin in, um, in my first year. And so when I was 13 and, um, like we'd heard the stories that he would chuck those around, but there was, there was one time when, um, there was, there was a guy at the front of the class and I, it, I, I don't know what he was doing, but I'm not going to use the teacher's name, but he, um, it enraged him to such a point that he picked that, uh, he picked the overhead projector up from the front of the class from, you know, he used to sit on a little stand. Um, at the front, so he could kind of put his little sheets and pick that up and just chucked it out the window. And it was a sort of it was a third floor classroom, and it was just like it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen because not because of the act of chucking it, but because like he had so little control. Um, he was also a housemaster at my school as well, which was even more frightening. But there, there were a couple of guys like that. They were you know they weren't afraid to sort of be, it was kind of a law unto, them, uh, law unto itself because they weren't afraid to sort of, you know, the, the, the old sort of wooden board rubbers you used to have um, to, to raise things on, on whiteboards and blackboards. They used to just chuck them full pelt at kids that were talking in the back of the class and stuff. And they were, you know, there was a bit of... Um, yeah. We had a teacher in primary school who taught us in year six um, who um, she used to carry around the meter stick with her, and if you weren't paying attention, yeah. she'd creep up like a fucking ninja and smash it on the desk in front of you. But this is the thing that they, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that the overhead projector guy, um, when he chucked stuff at people, I don't think he ever intended. I mean, he was he, he was actually a, a, a former. Um, I'm not sure he was ever a professional, but he was he was once a cricket player of you know pretty high standard, so he knew what he was doing when he was throwing stuff. But it was about kind of it was about discipline, I think. But it's just when you're 13 and you see that, I mean, that's a pretty good way to instill discipline, I guess. But like, yeah, no, stuff like that. And there were things like, there were stories that went around about, you know, there was one house that locked the house master in a cupboard over a weekend and stuff. And <laughs> um, there's one guy actually who. We, we once did that to a kid. We locked him in for an entire lunchtime and he the, came out crying. The, the, the worst thing I heard, and it's just, it's, it's bad because it's not even particularly original, but. Um, one guy really hated his housemaster. So, and we used to get axiats, which were like um, mini holidays from Friday to Sunday night. And everyone went home on a Friday and he was loitering around for whatever reason. So his housemaster also went away for the weekend. So just out of spite, he grabbed the, um, all, the house, all the houses used to have these big gardens at the back of them. He grabbed a hose pipe from the garden stuck it through the, the housemaster's letterbox on his private side and just turned it on for the entire weekend. <laughs> it's just, um, and it, I mean, it, it was, and um, he would have got away with it until he, um, it wasn't for those pesky kids. He was bragging about it to, um, to one of his friends in a, in a postcard he sent and all the mail used to, um, all the incoming mail used to go through the housemaster. So like when, when, yeah, oh, when what the guy a bell replied, He referenced it, and uh, the guy got expelled. 
Um, but there's loads of stuff like that. But it was, um, oh, I love school. School was great. But not for that. Did you ever get in a punch-up, sir? No, we used to have occasionally, um, not sort of within the school, but we used to have quite a lot of aggro with... They were settled it over a, over a jolly good... Um, fencing horses, <laughs> <laughs> <Jubilee> <laughs> pistols. We we used to have um, every now and again when we used to play other schools at uh, sport. It used to get a bit tasty. Um, I remember once we um, we had to play a cup tie against Prospect College in Reading, and I still remember this. And their their entire school came to watch it. There's like sort of eight hundred kids around the pitch and. And I was playing a goal, and I, like I was being spat at, and had bottle tops being thrown at me. It was like big. It was like the sort of the Galat. It was like going to the Galatasaray of the um, of the school circuit. But then, it, it, and things would happen, like you know, on the pitch, so that you know, someone would say something, someone would say something back, and you know, a few tackles would fly. Would it be and, about someone's mum? No, kind of. it, it was. It was. It was. It. <laughs> to be fair, like. There quite a few of our players quite enjoyed antagonizing people and it was it was very it was you know 50 50 definitely but it was um yeah those, those that's when it got its nastiest but then i suppose um there were there were some schools that just wanted to come and um do their worst basically and, and that's when it kind of got uh it, it got fun let's yeah. let's go on to some listener questions okay well I, i've got one from um marlo pearson and he wants to know uh, best places to eat in Bath. Um, if you, no, no, it sounds oh, like it, it, there's um, one of my, uh, a guy I know um, started a restaurant about a year ago, and it's it's. No, no well, I, I'm a big I'm a big local business, business supporter. And, um, so Milo, if you come across um, Yamo, which is an Italian place on in Walcott Street, then um, then uh, go in there. Yeah, you can Drop actually in. Um, tell them I sent you, and um, it's best pizza in Bath, in my opinion. So um, yeah, go for that. Oh, you want to send Jack the pizza to Nob Brown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is it is it wood fired and stone baked? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Okay, all right. That's I'll Instagram too... it next time I'm there, and you can um, you can... as long as you've got the caption "boom" as well with yeah, uh... with capital letters and exclamation mark. Yeah. Okay. He actually capital lettered "wild yeah, one" to his earlier really which was a shock. Okay. Yeah, I don't it's think just what's it. what's going on. What's happening, mate? You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, down with the youth culture, Jay Huss. Ooh, Rob, Rob, Rob Brown asks, why is Raj such a fucking weapon? Rob Brown, mate, getting what? firing shots Brown, there, Raj. That's all right. Sick keyboard warrior. Huh? Jesus, I didn't even notice that one. Where is it? An hour ago. Yeah, well, and to the pod as well. Ooh. I'm looking Catherine wants to know where the air horn has gone. Is that Curly Calf? Oh, fuck's sake. It is. It's here in spirit. It's here in spirit, Calf. I think, I mean, there's quite a lot of momentum behind the air horn now. I'm a bit of a human air horn, really, aren't I? <laughs> I, I just, I describe, I describe myself as a set of emotional bagpipes to Ricky, uh, Ricky from the fighting cock earlier when I was chatting to him, which I felt was a fairly astute. Observation about myself. Okay. Uh, if, if if no one's listened to the um, to Ricky's anecdote about falling down the stairs uh, from the fighting cock uh, this week, then you should listen to that. That's very funny. 
another famous story of Ricky's is his pissy cliff at the Green Man um, in Wembley when when he Spurs falls down there. Wembley. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, into the trench of urine, which is <laughs> sublime. <laughs> Did you ever go to the Green Man when uh, for the Wembley games? So no. no. Hor- I thought you meant the, <laughs> no. the folk festival. It's supposed to be quite uh, good, that, that Green Man Festival. Yeah. No, I've yeah, never, I've never been to a Tottenham Wembley game. I mean, I've been to a, I went to the pre-season game in Barcelona. Um, well, when Jake Livermore scored a, when Jake quite Livermore a decent scored, header, didn't he? He's got that header at the far end. Yeah. Um, as when, um, when uh, it was the day after Kyle Norton and Kyle Walker signed, I think, that game. Um, but no, I've never been to, to see us in a, in a League Cup final. Okay, we've got one from Ryan at Kohlberg Rye, who says, do you think we should look to move on from Vaughan, or are you okay with him backing up Lloris? As long as he's on your backup, then he can stay around. According to, uh, I, I, again, sorry to reference the fighting cock once again, but Windy um, seems to be of the impression that the, the, the two youth keepers we got at the moment, McGee and... I forget his name. It escapes me. But apparently we've got two pretty decent keepers coming through the ranks as well, as you'd... No, 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 it's not Jordan Archer. Lou McGee played in in the Audi Cup games, and he, well, one of them at least, and he was actually, he looked pretty good. Um, So, you know, know, I believe what Chris has to say about youth players, so... I mean, it's it's kind of, I can't remember... uh, it was one of you two that was saying, you know, we, we, it's a dangerous game to kind of just play on this kind of reliance on our academy that we're going to have players in every position that are just going to be able to be promoted. But at the moment, it kind of seems to be that way a bit, doesn't it? Um, well, yeah, it is. But I mean, there's got to be a... I think the thing with Michelle Vorm is that he's he's perfectly... He's all right. Not he's not. He's not a bad player. I think that the problem with him is that he seems to be a goalkeeper that needs continuity. He doesn't seem like someone who can who can step into the team one week and then stay out of it for ten ten games. Um, I think when he comes back in, he suffers. He seems to be someone that gets quite nervous when he's when he's thrown into into Premier League games or FA Cup matches, and he he always seems to have an error in him. And I, I mean that he's not. He's never been at Tottenham what he was at Swansea, and I think that's a, a symptom of that. Um, I don't think he's ever. I, I know a lot of people when he signed this that it was, you know, on the basis that he would one day inherit the position from if if Loris was ever to be sold. But I, I just he's not a first choice goalkeeper at this level of the game. Um, so I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's time there's is really any need to move on from him at the moment though, because if these these younger guys are developing the academy. Loris is fit and still playing for Tottenham, and Vorm is sitting on the bench. There's no there's no real rush. Um, no. So, but the important thing with the academy players is to promote them when they're ready, not just out of necessity. And if you were to let Vorm go, then essentially you'd have to promote someone out of necessity. And I don't, I don't think I'd ever agree with that. We've had a good one here from Spurs Memory Man, uh, who asks: In your lifetime, do you think you're more likely to see Spurs win the league or get relegated? It's quite a decent question. I'd probably go with relegated because I'm a natural pessimist. I'd go win the league. Oh, punchy. <laughs> win the league, yeah. I reckon, I reckon we're probably the ones after West Ham that will get taken over. I just think we're quite talented. I mean, I just... I, I mean, I, I, I think we... Um, I don't think we will, but I think we could have a... 
a shot at doing something within the next 10 years. If you, if we, if we, ultimately what's going to happen in a couple of years is is with these developing players, they're going to be of interest to somebody. Um, I mean, even tonight when I saw Deli Ali score that goal, I just thought, great, but uh, more people are aware of him now. Um, But I, I, I don't know. I just add the new stadium in, the finances that that would allow, you know, the extra TV money. Um, there's no reason why I, 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 can't, I can't see us getting relegated um, I just think we yeah I don't even my pessimism won't stretch to that well fuck you then <laughs> <laughs> not proper Spurs <laughs> no uh, we've had one from Rosa at Rosa underscore LA assuming he ever makes it back after tonight's injury um, he has had a pretty Gammy injury, but it shouldn't be too bad, I don't think. Um, what position will Nabil Bentaleb be fighting for? Dyers or Ali's? Uh, uh, I think he could do either. Because he's... He, he, I mean, I, I think he's sort of a, a better player on the ball than a, a ball winner, but he could, he, he's played both in the past. He, he, he played as the deeper player last year. Um, and he's certainly good enough to play in Ali's role. We'll stick him at left back again. Yeah. World class left back. He was. He was fucking he was good. Absolutely there well. brilliant there. Yeah. I've, a lot of people have forgotten that we've you know, got Nabil Bentaleb to come back, really, as well. It's just a sign of the times, though. Everything just seems so healthy. Options everywhere and, you know, players that can drop into the team. Because I think, as well, I think you're asking a lot for Deli Ali to keep up this form. For an entire season in his kind of maiden Premier League season, yeah, and also, I mean, you, I, I think you, there's going to be. I think we said this quite a lot last season, but you just got to build in, a, in the expectation that at some point he's going to slump, just out of fatigue more than anything else. Um, he's not only playing Premier League football, but he's also uh, he's played a few internationals. He's played for tonight, but he also played for the under twenty ones early in the season. I mean, he's he's going to play a lot of football at a much higher level than he's used to, and that's that's always a little bit of a danger. That's it. Um, let's kill it there, lads. If you want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, you can do so on the Acast app, um, on the Acast links. I don't know how you find that, but you can. Uh, on iTunes, you can also find us on our website at rtrpod.com. Follow us on Twitter at rtr underscore pod. Listen to it. Tweet us, leave us horrendous uh, reviews on iTunes, please. But give us five stars. Um, come on, you Spurs. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.